Well, we're in part four of our series called Rhythm. If you've missed any of that, that's okay. Go to our, find us on our podcast. Um, and just go to our website and just, you'll find your way there. Fantastic. The rhythm is all about, um, we really do get out of rhythm, don't we, during this time of the year? Kids go on holiday. Uh, who's enjoying the kids home from school? Okay. <laughs> Uh, work, work is coming, everything's kind of closing down, even ministries like connect groups and youth ministries, everything kind of winds down and there's a lot of eating going on. Anybody been doing a lot of eating? I, I don't know if you noticed, but I've been doing a lot of eating. I know you can't notice, but <laughs> been, it's been very festive and we kind of get out of rhythm. I mean, you go, in fact, going shopping at this time, it's, it's dangerous. You risk your life. Going shopping, going to the base, and it's like you're, you're praying for God to open up a car space, and then, you're, then you're, you're cursing anybody else that gets in there before you. And it's kind of crazy. Your, your faith kind of wavers, and, and it gets stronger depending on who gets there first. And, um, and we, went, we did a wise thing. where We decided we're going to go shopping, um, all our Christmas shopping, a week before Christmas. And um, we went on Thursday. We figured, let's, just, let's go in when everybody's finished shopping. Let's go at 11.30. Let's go to Kmart at 11.30. Went to Kmart at 11.30, the line went back to the end of the store, down the side. It was like everybody else had the same idea. Did anybody go shopping on Kmart on Thursday? You know. But anyway, it is crazy. We kind of get out of rhythm, don't we? And that's what this season can be like. We, we're out of rhythm. We, we go on holiday. We, we're out of routine. And, and, things, and things get sh- um, shaken up a bit in our life. But one thing we got to make sure we do not get out of rhythm and be is to stay in rhythm with God. And this is what the series is all about. When me and my wife started traveling for ministry, every night I would ring my kids up. In fact, I would FaceTime because we like, you know, FaceTime so I can see my kids' face. And, and I'll be like, hey, look, it's daddy here. I know you miss me. And my kids missed me. Hey, kids, you guys missed me. So I would ring the, the three younger ones because, you know, the older ones, they're old enough to do their own thing. So I want to make sure the young ones are, are looked after. And I said, come on, give the phone to your sister. Come on, let me pray. And I'll pray for them through the phone, wherever we are. Name of Jesus, I'll just pray. And, and I'll miss you. Love you. I love you, you know. And then I was like, come on, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you know, we kind of did this on the phone. But then as the years went by, <laughs> I would ring my kids. I was going, hey, how's it going? Oh, yeah, it's good. Uh, where's your sister? Uh, she said she's busy. She's busy? What's she doing? She's playing a game. It's like, it was almost like my, my daughters were like, meh. And then, in fact, we went away last weekend. In fact, last weekend, we did three weddings in a row. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Three weddings in a row. And I feel like I know the uh, wedding vows off by heart by now. And, um, and we're in Napier. And I ring, in fact, we didn't even ring the kids. I was like, Meh. <laughs> but we've got to be careful, don't we? Like how we kind of get out of rhythm. We kind of get into a new rhythm. And we kind of accept this, this new rhythm that, that, that you never had before. We have to be careful because what we once held sacred has become ordinary. We've got to be careful. What we once held sacred has become ordinary. Think about it. The love of your life. Now you hang up. Now you hang up. The love of your life. It's a bit weird if you're married and you're still saying that. Now you hang up. The love of your life has now become the ordinary of your life. Be careful 
what you once held sacred has now become ordinary. Like, God, use me. I love you, Lord. Use me. However you want to use me, Lord, use me. We make these declarations. God, use me. Then after serving, we're like, I feel so used. Has anybody ever felt so used serving God? Be careful. What we once held sacred has become ordinary. Right? We have all these expectations. All these expectations are, you know, like we've had expectations on our, on our spouse. And have you ever had your expectations not being met before? Has anybody ever failed or did not live up to expectations? And the problem is when we have expectations, when they're not met, we get discouraged. Have you ever had expectations on God? And God did not meet your expectations, so you lost faith. What you once held sacred has now become ordinary. We've got to be careful. And when I think about the birth of Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, Emmanuel, God with us. When I think about his birth, you know, it went against every expectation that was out there. See, the Jewish people, they had expected, um, they had been waiting for this Messiah for centuries. And they expected this, this Messiah to come as a, as a victorious king to overthrow um, those who were, had dominion over them. And at that time, when Jesus was born, it was the Romans. And so they were expecting, expecting the Messiah to come as a king, to come and overthrow the Romans and, and begin to, to, to set up a new kingdom, an earthly kingdom. And this is what they expected. Can you imagine their surprise? on hearing where Jesus was born. Can you imagine their surprise? So if you can turn with me to Luke chapter 2. It's Christmas time, right? Part of your expectation when you came to church was to hear the pastors share about Christmas, right? So I'm kind of meeting your expectations right now. So here we go. Turn with me to Luke chapter 2, verse 1. At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken by Quirinius, Quirinius, Quirinius. Am I getting? Am I getting warmer? Quirinius. This guy. <laughs> this was the first census. That already, expectation has been dropped now. Okay, you're, you're, exp- you're low and you're like, I was with them until that point. Now my expectations are getting, it's been lowered right here. This was the first census taken by that guy who was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was the descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. So Jesus was born... Where was he born? Was he born in the, uh, in the ritz and the glamour of the palaces in Rome? Was he born in the, the high, the big houses in Jerusalem? Where was he born? He was born in Bethlehem. The small, irrelevant, forgotten, backward small town. Have you driven through New Zealand and driven through a little town 
And you're like, and, and someone sees you, oh, did you see that town? What town? You blinked and you missed it. Have you driven through those towns before? You may be sitting here right now and you're, you live in one of those towns. And I often think as we drive through these towns, what would life be like living in this town? What would my life be like if I was living in these towns? So here's Bethlehem, forgotten, overlooked. Perhaps you felt like a Bethlehem. Perhaps you felt overlooked. Perhaps you felt even despised. But you're still standing. You're still here. Come on. God brought people to Bethlehem, searching. And God began to meet a need. Let me tell you something. You may be feeling like a Bethlehem right now, but God wants to use you. He's going to send people your way, just like he sent them to Bethlehem. You know, God's not finished with you yet. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth to Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged and was now expecting a child. And this is an amazing statement alone. That Joseph, who was engaged to Mary, is still engaged with Mary, still pledged to be married with her. She's fully pregnant, about to give birth, traveling to this unknown, backward little town called Bethlehem, and he still considers her her to be destined to be his wife, even though she was carrying a child that was not his own. He didn't expect that. He didn't expect to marry somebody that was carrying a child that was not his own. He didn't expect that. Mary certainly didn't expect to be pregnant before she got married. She didn't expect that. And here they were on the way to Bethlehem. Verse 6. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth, laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. See, the, the Jewish authorities, the Jewish people were expecting the Messiah, the King of Kings, to be born in a palace, to be born to influential families. You won't find an influential family living in a place like Bethlehem. Can you imagine their surprise and disbelief when they were told that the Savior was born to a common family. Is anybody here born from a common family? Can anybody relate to this story? And, he, and Jesus wasn't laid in the finest linen. And we, we know that when it, he was laid in a manger that was meant to feed animals in. And when it came to proclaiming the King of Kings, when it came to announcing God's Son, it wasn't on the news like Prince Harry and Megan. That's her name, right? Megan? Was anybody surprised when she was pregnant? They got married and she turned around and poof, she's pregnant. Just like that. Here's the thing. We know about her pregnancy, you know, and, and, and Harry's not even nowhere. He's somewhere down the line. But when it came to Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Emmanuel, God with us, when it came to the announcement, it wasn't to the people in the big houses, 
to the rich and famous. But it was to the nobodies, the shepherds, who didn't even have a house to live in. Have you ever felt unforgotten? There's a Savior born for you today. Have you ever felt overlooked? There's a Savior born Christmas. So we all had unfelt expectations. The Jewish people did not expect that. They did not expect that. Have you ever felt out of rhythm with your finances before? Anybody? You know? Kids are on holiday, got to try to keep them occupied, trying to work out your budget, trying to get presents, trying to get, the, get your lunch ready for Christmas Day. The pressure's on, right? And all of a sudden, the car packs in. You got to get the car fixed. You got to pay your bills. You're moving into a new house. You got all these other bills coming your way. And you kind of feel out of rhythm. You ever been there before? I'm still there. <laughs> or maybe you've been out of rhythm in your marriage. You feel like you're just out of rhythm. You just don't click anymore. Because what you once held sacred has become ordinary. Or maybe your son and your daughter has not lived up to your expectation. You didn't expect that. You didn't expect your loved one to, to leave. You didn't expect that. You didn't expect, you didn't expect yourself to lose a job. Or maybe you're not even living up to your own expectation of yourself. You're now, you're now at this age now and you're wondering I thought I'll be somewhere else right now you didn't expect that so we've got to understand something God isn't in the business of meeting expectations he's in the business of blowing them out of the water he's not in the business of meeting expectations he's in the business of meeting uh, of blowing them out of the water you know they expected Jesus to be, to be born from an influential family. They didn't expect that. They didn't expect them coming from Bethlehem. They didn't expect that. But God is so good of exceeding His goodness. He's so good at that. So Jesus was able to meet not only the needs of the Jewish people that they didn't even know, but the needs of the world. See, Jesus didn't come just to bring an earthly kingdom, but He established an eternal kingdom. And he brought salvation, not just for the Jewish people, but for every man, woman, and child who breathes on this planet. That Jesus exceeded expectations, and he brought us back into a right relationship, brought humanity back into a right relationship with God. See, God isn't in the business of meeting expectations. He's in the business of blowing them out of the water. See, how often do we place our expectations on God? See, you may have some expectations on the senior pastor. And <laughs> my, my wife, you didn't have to say it, it was so gusto. <laughs> you, have these, you, you all have expectations, right? But when they're not met, something can, can get discouraged. I apologize in advance. You may have a lot of expectations on me, and I apologize if I don't meet them. We have expectations on God. Assuming that he will work according to our timeline, right? But God really moves in our timeline. In fact, 
He never, he never really answers in the way that we envision. See, we need to understand there's a difference between placing our expectations on God versus trusting in His plan and being expectant that He will see it through to completion in our lives. Come on, all around me I see chaos. Everything's falling apart, but I'm still trusting in God. I'm still believing in God, even though when, when, when my family's gone on straight, but I'm still trusting, I'm still holding on. I'm, I'm, but God will come through, that He will, that he will work through uh, and come to completion what He's doing in my life right now. You've got to understand perfect faith is not faith that moves God. Perfect faith is not faith that moves God. But perfect faith is the faith that moves us to trust God when it doesn't seem like He's moving. See, right here, right now, you may feel like God isn't moving because He's not answering you in the way that you thought He would. Think about it. Think about the way God has, has, has broken through in your life. Quite often, and more times than not, He will come through in a way that you never imagined. He doesn't come on your timeline. Come on. Perfect faith is faith that moves us to trust God when He doesn't seem to be moving. God is moving. See, when we place our expectations on God, we take away our responsibility. See, God has given us the power to overcome. See, God, I expect you to break through in my marriage, yet I don't show you any love and compassion to my spouse. God, I expect you to break through in my finances, yet I'm still spending money I do not have, living above my means. God, I expect you to break through in these relationships, yet I still refuse to forgive. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 to 21 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. See, God isn't in the business of meeting our expectations. He's in the business of blowing them out of the water. According to His power that is work within us. You know, God is working with you right now. Did you know that? His power, God's power. Who's, not not the, the power company, but God's power. No, no one else's power, but God's power. Who's more powerful than God? And yet His power is at work within you. See, God has given us the power to overcome. Let us not defer our responsibility from ourselves. God's given you the, the power to overcome. He's working in you. And it's time for us to take back control. Most of us don't realize that we have the control to take back our life. We have the control to choose the very best for our life. Because God's power is at work within you. I love what, what the next verse says. To him... Be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout the youth generation. What did it say? Sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, through the young adult generation. No, it doesn't say that. Say, oh, sorry. Those when you reach 30 or 40. No, it says this. Through what generation? All generations. God doesn't stop exceeding your expectation when you hit 60. Your best years are, are yet to come. Come on. 
your expectations of yourself, God's going to blow that out of the water. There's no use by date of God's exceedingly goodness that He has for us. There's no use by date. Oh, well, I've done the best. I'm at the best. I've done that. I've, 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 I've already been there. I'm, I'm already... I'm already used. Anybody ever feel like you're used by? You already met your used by date. But let me tell you something. To Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. God is working. God is moving. Your best years are still ahead of you. Have you ever felt unqualified? There's a Savior born for you. Have you ever felt unworthy? There's a Savior born for you. Have you ever felt forgotten? There's a Savior born for you. I praise God that He chose me. He chose me. God, thank you for choosing me. I don't know why you chose me. I don't know why you chose me to lead this church. I can't even say words properly. And sorry, Doug and Ashley, for butchering your son's name the first time. God, what would you use me? I can't even say career in this. But he still chose me. Come on, God's not finished with you yet. God's not finished with you yet. God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the cord. He qualifies the cord. He qualifies the cord. Whether you're solo mum, whether you're, you're running your own business, whether you're retired or not, God qualifies you. And He's not finished yet. You may be in this room and you've been hurt by the church. You've been hurt by the pastor. You've been hurt, whatever it is. Maybe somebody said to you that you weren't good enough. You're not quite yet to be whatever it is for God. You know, when I think about Mary and, and Joseph, unqualified. When I think about Bethlehem, unqualified when I think about the shepherds unqualified see religious people will always get upset when God uses the people they deemed unqualified come on God doesn't call the qualified but he qualifies the court now to him who was able to do immeasurably more then all we ask or imagine according to His power that is in work within us, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. See, what desires has God placed in your heart? See, this Christmas, find comfort in knowing that God wants to do more than meet your expectations. He wants to exceed them. Take heart in the fact that God is with you. Emmanuel, God is with us. Expect God to move. Trust in the process and watch your faith grow. Amen? Come on, church, let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for choosing me. Thank you, thank you for choosing each one of us. You have called us by name. Father, that you know us so well 
that you are the God of the second chances. You're the God of the forgotten. Thank you, Lord, that you have qualified us, that you have caught us, and you have saved us by grace. In Jesus' name. Come on, church, give the Lord a hand.